Hello, and welcome to Parking Thought, the Internet's only podcast recorded from the intersection of Curiosity Trail and Gratitude Lane. Around here, we start our episodes with and, just because we can. The windows here in the studio face the rolling hills of gratitude, and just beyond the hills lie all the good in the world, from the extraordinary to the everyday. My name is Jacob, and I'm glad you're here today. Let us know you're listening by tapping the like and subscribe button, or leave a comment wherever you happen to find us. In this edition, we're going to be talking about COVID-19 responses and yeast, because the two are inherently connected, and the lessons you can pull from them are actually pretty helpful. So for my COVID-19 update, I get to let you guys know that I'm now working from home. Yes, I and all the other folks I'm working with are now remote workers in the most case. It seems that uh, the company I work for is taking proactive measures and we're able to have the technology to be able to work from home. It's amazing. And I still find that the transition hasn't been totally easy. It's taking me a while to learn this new routine and and develop the history with it that I've had with other routines to be able to be successful. And I think a lot of folks are finding that. Um, One of the friends I've been working with uh, was telling me how she missed kind of the offhand interactions that she would normally have in the office. And she said, "I'm, I'm normally an introvert, but this, this is much different. You know, how do I be able to make sure that I can engage folks? And I said, well, you just schedule about, you know, uh, a few uh, 10-minute phone calls a week and just getting to know you conversations. And the neat thing about doing it digitally is you have a much more flat organization. You can schedule calls with different people all over the space to be able to kind of get to know them. Um, It doesn't matter whether they're in Australia or in Japan or in one of these other locations at this point, because you have access to all of them. Whereas if they were in the building, you would only have access to the folks who are in the building. And so it's kind of neat to be able to do that. And I would encourage all of you, if you're working remote, take the time to get to meet new people. Turn the webcam on. There is a significant difference in feeling connected by being able to see what the other person is doing. Turn the webcam on. And if you're not always staring at the screen, that's perfectly okay, right? Recognize that your hair can be messy and that looking away at the other screen or looking out the window or even grabbing a bite to eat are all normal things. Now, you wouldn't do those in in in-person meetings, but doing those on a remote meeting or a virtual meeting is totally appropriate. A lot of times we find ourselves working harder when we're virtual. And so we may end up having, you know, to eat lunch during another meeting. Now, mute your microphone if you're doing this sort of thing. Uh, But in general, you know, in my mind, it's okay to eat. And I've let people know at the beginning of my meetings that turn the webcams on. Your hair doesn't matter to me. You're a person. And yes, it's okay to eat. So in this episode today, we want to talk a little bit about yeast. Um, because it seems to be a hot commodity these days. And you've probably got other memes out there and the internet being able to tell you whether yeast is available or that sort of stuff. And, and yeast is an interesting like food item in general, right? So historically speaking, when you read in the scriptures in the Old Testament, when they talk about leavened bread versus unleavened bread, right? Leavened at the time, um, yeast is essentially like a mold fungus sort of thing, but it's one that's safe to eat. And if you've ever had blueberries where they've got a little bit of that mold on the outside, that is very similar from what I understand to the 
yeast or leavening agent that they would use in the Old Testament times to be able to allow bread to rise. Now it's not the supercharged yeast that we use today and so it would take longer. And so scripturally when they talk about unleavened bread is you didn't have time to let that leavening process work, right? To let that grow. And so, you know, um, Jewish tradition has that you would eat unleavened bread around the Passover. Now, um, you know, with Christ coming and, and a lot of other traditions changing, right? Today we use yeast in a lot of our products. However, we do have this supercharged yeast and it is self-sustaining. If you know how to manage yeast in your home, you can actually take a portion of food that has yeast in it and then be able to kind of perpetuate that yeast the same way they did anciently. But not everybody's familiar with that. And so people can get pretty nervous when we end up in these situations where you're potentially facing a quarantine and may not be able to go out and may not be able to purchase things. My mother-in-law works at a grocery store in Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada. The grocery store is essentially downtown. And so she's got a lot of the older houses in the neighborhood that, uh, you know, use that as their local grocery store. It's pretty small, but it's stocked with all the things that you would want from a local grocery store. And she's been working there faithfully for a number of years. Well, that store has responded by restricting the quantity of items that they're letting people purchase. So if you go in there for toilet paper or flour or some of the other things that seem to be pretty hot commodities to make sure that other store patrons have the opportunity to purchase them, you know, they limit the amount of quantities that you can purchase. And this totally makes sense, right? Because again, if we look at market forces, you know, right, the, this is the free market at work. That store owner and manager wants to make sure more people are happy, maybe not getting everything they want, but getting what they need. And so by being able to limit the quantity of items that people can purchase at a time, he's not having a huge spike in the supply chain, which makes it easier for him to get the supplies he needs. And he's also making sure that more people have the opportunity during the day to pick up what they need. So one of the items that they've limited the quantity sales of, or limited the sales of quantity, I don't know how to say that, but they made it so you can't buy more than just a couple, right, is yeast. And there was a lady in the store that my uh, mother-in-law interacted with, and she wanted to buy a case and a half of yeast. Now, to give you an idea of how much bread that is, right, one of the cases, the size that we're talking about, in my family will allow me to make close to 75 to 100 loaves of bread, or excuse me, one of the packages in one of the cases, because they're a little bigger up there, the way they're packaged, will allow me to make 75 to 100 loaves of bread. And that's a lot of bread. So you can imagine that a case might have 12. That's a lot of bread. So to buy a case and a half, right? To try to buy 18 of these, you know, packages of yeast. I mean, this lady must be opening up some bakery sort of shop, right? She was buying way too much. And you can imagine what she was thinking. She's coming up on her life where she has to change her routine. She has to change her schedule. She has to change her expectations on what she needed. And she wanted to make sure that she felt safe. So based upon probably not a very good internal calculation, she was trying to buy everything that she could that was on her need list, not realizing that by asking for all of what she was asking for, it was actually way more than what she did need. It was well into the want category. And so there was an interaction between her and my mother-in-law and the manager, you know, all right there in the store where she was saying, hey, I need to buy this yeast and the manager and you know my mother-in-law at the till were saying no I'm sorry but you know you need to you need to you're only going to be allowed to buy two today you know and again remember that's like enough for 
what, 150, 130 at least loaves of bread, you know, and, uh, and the lady was in such a state that she didn't realize that what she had would meet her needs until she was able to come back to the store. She was in such a state that she couldn't calculate what was going on and what was happening in her life. And I think we do a lot of that. I think that we are all potentially victims to that sort of trap where we see something, we know, we latch onto an idea that there is something that we need, but we don't do the calculation to find out or to remember or to discover, discover is the right word there. We don't often take the time to discover, have I met my needs and I'm now into my want territory? You know, what are the needs I have? And when we are scared, when we are anxious, it's very easy for us to latch onto things that we think will be like our security blanket and help us get through. That lady was probably so focused on the yeast that she might have forgotten other essentials that you would need in a recipe. Salt, for example. You know, and those of you who've listened to me before know I'm a huge fan of salt and the history behind it and the book that I read a few months ago about salt. And I think it's great. So as we're dealing with this response and having to look to rebuild our routines, let's make sure that we can keep our anxieties down as low as we can. Take deep breaths and look around to see, are our needs really being met? In a lot of ways they have. In a lot of ways this has been a really healthy experiment for our societies. I have been out walking just about every day with my wife and my youngest daughter and the older kids stay at home because that's their choice. But you know, we go out and we do about two and a half miles. And it is absolutely amazing to me to see how many other families are out walking and taking dogs for walks and spending time together and exploring different things and just looking at the grass, you know, which is not quite starting to green yet, but getting close and the buds on the trees are showing up now. And I think I saw leaves this week or this just today when we were out walking. You know, that time of year, right? They're taking the time to notice are we taking the time to notice that our needs are being met? That we really are blessed? Last week we talked about how, you know, what would this be like? How much of the economy would shut down if we didn't have the internet? And because we do, a lot of the economy will still be shut down, but a lot of it will still be churning and moving and can be a base for the economic shift that's coming ahead of us. Because there will be a shift as we get through this. And that's all it is. It's a shift. There are some activities that will shift from one space to another. The same way that my kids might be shifting from not having school to doing school online. And they'll be shifting from having school in person to being digital. And we're working on our part to help that shift happen and have it be well done. And other families are working to do the same. What will that look like? Now I'm hopeful and I'm grateful and I'm hopeful that maybe we rethink how we do education to be able to allow people to work at their pace. I've got one son who, for the most part of his schooling, is pretty bored, even when he's in more of the advanced classes. And I think that if they went to more of a hybrid model of education, leveraging technology, he'd be able to push further than where he's at. And he's got a really supportive structure of friends to help him do that. Maybe. Maybe that'll be one of the things that comes out of this. I don't know yet, but I do know that my needs are being met. And I do think that maybe yours are as well. And if they're not being met, well then, take a look around. And odds are you have somebody that might be able to help you. But 
if that somebody is telling you that you don't need all the yeast, then take a pause and realize that maybe you haven't figured out where your needs and your wants, you know, where that line is at. And so that's it for this episode of Parking Thought. This is the part where I wrap it up. And I tell you that the best way to say thank you for this episode is to share it with somebody that you know. You could share the whole show, but right now that may be a little heavy. Why not just share this episode with somebody that you know? And if you're joining us just for this episode, then we're glad you could make it. Want to stick around for the long haul? Then we've curated the subscribe links directly over at parkingthought.com. Hit the subscribe button and you'll find links to YouTube, the Spotify, the Stitcher, the Apple Podcasts, and all the rest of the things. You can also just search for us in any of those apps and be able to find us. As we close the blinds on this episode to our view of all the good things in the world, let's remember that in a world where you can choose to be anything, why not choose to be grateful? <laughs>